Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. All right, so I'm going to be I've been enjoying our series on open heavens. Have you, been, have you been learning something? So like I told you, trying to distill uh, 30 years or 30 years of teaching into a few weeks. Uh, but I just feel in my heart that this, these are things that should be poured out right now. If you will listen, if you will hear what the Spirit is saying, and adopt it to your life, your life will change. Your life will change. I'm telling you, there is a kind, there's a kind, there's a different kind of life that you can live on the earth, uh, different from what everybody generally experiences. And uh, that's a life that is under open heavens. So, so we've been talking about the experience, so experiencing heaven on earth. And um, our text is Matthew chapter 6. From verse 9 to 10. That's a quick review. Matthew 6, from verse 9 to 10. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. So we've been studying this verse, these two verses, for the past few weeks. And we're not done with them. We're not done with them. There's still so much... Uh, that we need to unpack out of these verses uh, because, as I said at the beginning of this series, all the commission, all the things that God wants to do with us on the earth is summarized in that, in this passage. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why we are here, uh, for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, so we started walking through. The first thing we said, number one, is to be able to live a life of heaven on earth, to be able to be part of bringing the kingdom to earth, to experience the kingdom on the earth. The first thing is pray. Sorry, the first thing is what? Uh, it says pray like this, our Father in heaven. So first of all, in heaven, you need to understand there's a reality. You need to believe it. You need to accept the fact that there's a reality that is beyond this realm. That is the reality of heaven. It's a heavenly reality. So I said the first thing is embrace it. How many of you watching me or on, in here have embraced heaven's realities here? Come on, say after me. Say, I embrace it. Say, I embrace the fact that there's a realm that is higher than this realm with tangible realities seeking to burst forth into this earth. I embrace the fact that there is a heavenly realm. I, I embrace the fact that I do not have to live my life just based on earthly resources. Not just based on physical resources. But there are some spiritual resources that are as real, even more real than the physical ones. So I embrace that reality. 
it has to start from that. It has to start. You have to know that there is a realm beyond this where you can draw from. You can draw from. Somebody defined, you know, when people talk about prosperity and all this stuff, people go into all kinds of tangents and all that. But the simple definition of prosperity is the ability to tap into the power of God or the resources of heaven to meet the needs of humanity. The ability to tap into the resources of heaven to meet the needs of humanity. Prosperity can manifest in a bank account, but it's not defined by a bank account. I'm sure if you check Jesus' bank account when he was on earth, probably had one of the poorest bank accounts. But he lived based on tapping into another bank account that is always present and that can meet any need. It can choose to use money to meet it or not choose to use money. Just create the thing. Because I don't know how you are going to be able to buy when the wine finished in the party. Right? Right? The wine finished at the party. At that moment right now, you couldn't send people to go buy wine. So you just said, you know what, this time around, money is not what is needed. What is needed is water wine conversion. <laughs> so from heaven, he released water wine conversion. That's it. And everybody was like, wow, this is great wine and everything. Okay, how about when he was in the wilderness, right? When he was there and all the people came to meet him, 5,000 people and so on, 5,000 people. Plus, 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 amen. Came to meet him because they will count men then, you know, they won't count children, they won't count the women and all that. But just so a multitude came to meet him and then they were hungry. And he said, I don't want them to go away hungry. Jesus believed in food, amen. Jesus believed in feeding people. So, David, you are, in, you are doing Jesus' ministry. Yeah, you, have, you know, food is very important. So, so to go away, I want to feed them. I want to feed them. And they, they went and looked at all the resources available there. They said, the only thing, they said, the, the disciples actually said something. They said, these people are so many, and even like to feed all of them, the amount of money they mentioned is going to be like several, maybe a year's wage or several. You know, it was a lot. It was to be able to feed all these people. What we have is not enough. Okay, what do you have in your hand? So they said what they have had on the earth was a few fishes and a few loaves. Jesus said, guys, I've been teaching you guys. That is what I've been trying to show you all the while that I've been with you. I've been trying to teach you that there is another reality apart from this reality that we have access to. So even when food is not present physically or money is not enough physically or, or resources are not, are not enough physically, there's a present reality that is always there, that always has enough. All you just need to know is how to tap into it. Okay, let me show you guys. Bring it. So he, they brought it to him. He lifted the things up and he began to give thanks. So he entered into that realm through the realm of gratitude. And it is a kingdom of expansion. You know, the kingdom expands when... So the kingdom comes on what you have when you are happy with it. You get that? When you are grateful with what you have, then the kingdom starts to work on it to expand it. Do you guys get that? Do you understand that? When you are grateful with what you have, like grateful, thankful, that this one that is not enough in the physical came from that realm. And you begin to give God thanks for it. Whether it is money, whether it is uh, your job, whether it is your church, whether it is your spouse, whether it is your children, 
whether whatever it is, oh wow, this one came from heaven now. And you begin to give God thanks for it. The kingdom comes on it and expands that thing, expands that thing that you are grateful for so that there is more of it. And then what, what begins to happen? You start breaking it. Like you start distributing out of that. So you give thanks for it. Then you start distributing out of that, which seems not to be enough. But the thing is that as you start to distribute out of it, it never stops until there's an overflow. It's very simple. So Jesus knew it. Now, Jesus could do it instantly like that because he was trained. He, he knew it. You know, he came from that realm. So he knew how it worked. So for some of us, it will take some time, right? When you are thanking God for it, it might not be instant that it starts to multiply that way. But as you keep on doing it, the same principle works. It might take more time for us, right? But the more we practice it, the more we're able to tap into the realm. So ever since I discovered that, I just know that there's no lack. Everybody say there's no lack. It's only apparent lack. It's only what apparent lack. In other words, it looks like that, but there's no lack of anything. If you need, if I need any more of anything, I just need to find a little of it. Did you get that? If I need more of anything, I just need to find a little of it. So if I can find a little of that thing that I need, then I will give thanks for that little. Then I will start distributing that little. It's as simple as that. In every dimension. There is no lack in your life. You just need to be aware of these realities. They are there. Jesus drew healing from it and released it to people. Jesus, you know, drew, I mean, raising, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, parting the sea. I mean, parting, uh, you know, sorry. What? Moses drew parting the sea from it and so on. So all those miracles you see that Jesus performed, was just heaven breaking loose on the earth. So, because he had an understanding of the heavenly reality. So, that's very important. Number two, I said, encounter heaven's ruler, a father. So, you need to understand that there is a source. The word father is source, sustainer, originator. So, you need to understand there is a source. So, that's why, remember when Jesus, when he took the, when he took the bread that wasn't enough and the fish that wasn't enough, what did he say? You know, when he lifted lifted it up to heaven. You will see, you have an insight into what he said, like when he stood at the grave, at the grave of Lazarus and there was death facing him and people crying all around him. He said, he turned, he turned to him, he said, Father, I thank you. Father, I do what? I thank you. So he was talking about that heavenly source, that heavenly father. Father, I thank you because you are the source. You are the source of life anyways. Death doesn't beat you. You are the source of all provision. So the same thing I believe he did with the bread. He lifted it up and he thanked God for it. He thanked the source. You need to understand your source is not your job. Your source is not your job. Your job is just a channel that the source uses. And it can choose to do it without it. Are you getting what I'm saying? Your source is not people. Your source is not your intelligence. Your source is not your smartness. Your source is the Heavenly Father. And he's a source that can never be depleted. His name is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. Amen. He doesn't supply money. He supplies the grace to, pro to produce money. You get what I'm saying? What God trans trans 
transact in or what God gives us is not the physical equivalent. What you draw from there is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual force that is called the blessing or the kingdom or the anointing or grace. It's a spiritual thing and when it comes on you, it starts to open up opportunities to draw things to you, to create things all around you so that money and all these other things can flow. And sometimes it will bypass money. How many of you would prefer to have money for the hospital or health? <laughs> Which one would you prefer? Health. Do you get it? Do you get it? So sometimes people need to know why they want money. There are sometimes that it bypasses money. I have seen it in our own life that many times that God will just bypass money. Why do I need money to rent it? I mean, to, uh, to, to, to rent a hotel or whatever when I'm traveling, when somebody just says, you know what, I'm going to provide it. Do you get what I'm saying? So, whatever is needed is what the heavens will provide when we learn to trust him. Okay? Are you guys following? But we need to understand that there is a, there is a ruler in heaven. Number two is embrace, is change number two, is embrace heavens, encounters heaven's ruler. So, there is a ruler. There's a ruler. There's a source. So, you know, just, just interact with your source. And we talked about practicing the presence of God. Number three, engage heaven's reverence. So that's how you begin to deal. May your name be made holy. You know, you begin to interact with your source, keeping him, you know, holy, honored, thanking him, worshiping him. Oh, Father, I thank you. Thank you because you are always here. Thank you because you are with me right now as I go about this thing. Thank you because everything is yours. All the resources are yours. It's available. Heaven is available to me because I honor you. Honor you, you are lifted, you are exalted, you are glorious, you are beautiful, you are powerful, you are awesome, and then you turn it into a song or into a sound, or you, you know, a lifestyle, a lifestyle of constantly keeping God heavy, 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 and then elevate heaven's reign, elevate heaven's reign. May your kingdom come. So on the earth, you have. To get to a point where you know what is supposed to be first and what is supposed to be second and last. What is supposed to be first, according to Jesus in Matthew 6.33, is the kingdom. First, elevate heaven's reign. How do you elevate heaven's reign? You have to make sure that the whole purpose of your life is about the kingdom showing forth. You have to make sure that your prayer is about that. You have to make sure that your pursuit is about that. You have to make sure that your job is about that. You have to make sure that your very life and energy and strength is all about the kingdom showing forth. Elevate heaven's reign. Seek the kingdom above all else. Elevate heaven's reign. It's about the kingdom. We're having church about the kingdom. Church is just a means to an end. It's about the kingdom. Ever say the kingdom. So elevate it. Pray for it. Seek it to be manifested. Seek it to break forth where you live. Seek it to break forth where you walk. Seek it to break forth in, you know, all around you. Seek the kingdom to break forth in your life and the lives of people everywhere. Seek what the kingdom is doing. Seek what the kingdom is doing. See what the kingdom is doing. See what the kingdom is doing in people's lives, in nature, in all that. Seek it. Seek what the kingdom has 
what has been spoken about the kingdom in the world. Seek what the kingdom is doing in history, has done in history. Seek what the kingdom is doing in the world. Seek what the kingdom is doing in churches. Seek what the kingdom is doing in people who are rising up all over the place. Just be, just be consumed with this kingdom and rejoice as the kingdom breaks forth. Simple. And then, employ heaven's release. So, as it is in heaven, the, the, the message translation says, as above, so below. As above, so below. So, basically, there are certain things that are released in heaven. Now, we want to learn how to employ the release of heaven. The releases of heaven. How to employ the releases of heaven. How to employ heaven's releases. Because you can have something and not know how to use it. And I believe that that's where a lot of believers are. A lot of us, that's where we are. We just need to learn. And I tell you, man, it's, you know, this thing, I'm glad for the kids that are learning it you know, when they are young. Um, because it takes some time to get used to it. And I'm glad that we're in a time when there's more information than ever. You know, when some people that taught us and when we also started learning it, there was not that much information. So it's taken about 30 years, and we're still learning, but it's taken 30 years of, you know, going into it and, oh, that, you know, da, 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 da. But, for some, but for people that are learning to be shorter, because now you have YouTube, you have, you know, YouTube, you have, you know, Spotify, you have all kinds of, you know, all kinds of books, translations online and all that. When we first started learning, we had to photocopy books. There was nothing like internet. We had to use tapes, and those tapes, you know, then, they, you know, all those messages used to come from America in those days. We didn't have them. So we dub, we call it dubbing the tape. We dub it, dub it, dub it until the tape itself has been so dubbed that, you know, you can hardly hear what the person is saying. We, have photoc we photocopy the books until, we photocopy, photocopy to photocopies. Maybe you remember those days. <laughs> we photocopy, photocopies of copies. Until, by the time you are reading it, <laughs> You know, you can't see some things in there. But we still read it. And it brought transformation into our lives. It began to teach us. It began to teach us how to break out of the realm that we were, that we were living in. It taught us how to break out of living the natural life. It taught us how to break out of our background, all those stuff. It taught us how to break new grounds for our families, to break new grounds for, our, for the kingdom, to break new grounds for the church. Amen. It also, I mean, you, you guys, can, you can't even imagine, you know, like, I mean, my life, our life is a testimony to God. You can't even imagine, like, coming for Papa Shafa and all that, and now becoming an ambassador for God to the nation. You know, you don't even know what a miracle that is, except you knew the history, you know where things were coming from. But it was that same word, this thing that I'm teaching, that did it. It's the same thing that did it. It was the same thing that provided uh, spouses, that provided children, that provided family, that ra that's raising children, that started churches, that is touching tons of people, tens of thousands of people, both physically and financially and all that, all over the world right now. It's the same kingdom that did it. This thing that I'm teaching you, God did it. And it's not done yet. Amen. And, you know, I also, you know, the, the, the privilege of having other people that were doing it together. I have so many friends that were learning these things together. Now, they are, they are blessings to nations, too. 
blessings to nations, going to new nations where they were not born, and bringing forth things, and impacting communities, and impacting nations, and building, and I mean, I'm dealing in, I mean, in, I mean, because amazing stuff. And I remember when all of us had no clothes, when our clothes were torn, and we would sit down, I'll be praying, I'll be looking at these things. But now, you see them all over the world. I have them in many nations, in different nations, who are pe people that people look up to, and people that people are learning from, millions of people combined are learning from that. But it all started in the backside of a university of a university when we just got caught on of God to start learning these principles of how to bring heaven down to earth. I'm telling you, it's exciting. I can't wait to see what God is going to do in the, new, in the next generation as we put this thing inside of them. They're going to grow faster. They're going to grow stronger. They're going to grow greater. Amen. They're going to break forth. The kingdom will break forth on the earth through them. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to all these children, all these teenagers, looking forward to what they're going to do in all the spheres of influence of the earth. Oh, I'm so excited about it. But I just want you to know that there is a reality of heaven's release. God will learn to walk in. So I began to talk about that, and that's where I still am. So that, the heaven's release, we call it open heavens. So I've been talking about how to live under open heavens. Everybody say open heavens. So I've explained what open heaven is. Open heavens is some, when you are living underneath the spigots of heaven, you are living underneath the faucet, and it's flowing, it's working, it's affecting what you are doing. Your life is different. There's a shining, there's a light everywhere. So how do you enjoy open heaven? According to scriptures, number one, you know, upgrade your thoughts and inner talks. Just reviewing what I've said. If you want more, Podcast, subscribe to the podcast, go to our YouTube channel. So I said, number one, upgrade your inner talk. The way you think inside is going to determine what reigns outside of you. Upgrade your thoughts. You know, in Isaiah chapter 55, he said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. He said, as the, you know, as the heavens are higher above the earth, so are my thoughts higher than yours. But he wasn't saying that you can't think his thoughts. So people say, oh yeah, God's thoughts are so high. Because immediately it follows up by saying, so therefore let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord for he will abundantly pardon. So what he's saying is that my thoughts are high but I want you to rise up to the level of my thoughts. Start thinking my thoughts with me. And then began to say that, you know, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void to accomplish that which I please and prosper in the things whereunto I have sent you. So upgrade your thoughts. Upgrade your thoughts by listening to, by being listening to things that lift it to the kingdom level, the kingdom level of thinking. Uh, use your YouTube, use your phones, use your TV, use your books, use be around people who lift up, who lift you up to that level of thoughts. Number two, I say manage your energy levels. Manage your energy level. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Joy, energy, energy. So I talked about environment. I talked about all that to manage your level. I'm not going to go into all that again. Talk about music. So where we are, we started last week, is practice generosity. Everybody say generosity. So practice generosity. And then we, we, I'm going to continue on that. So I'm going to continue on, on that today. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10 to 11. Let's uh, read it again. Malachi 3, from verse 10 to 11. Malachi 3. It said, bring all the fights 
into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. There will be enough food. Enough food. Enough nourishment in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, I, I, not you, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing. Like I said, if you tithe, you give, you're generous, what is released is spiritual. That creates other things. Ideas, concepts, insight, anointing, grace, favor, opportunities, and all that. It's a blessing. It's what is released. Not blessings. A blessing. Singular. The same blessing on Abraham, on Jesus, the kingdom breaks forth. But then, so the blessing will be so great, the, the spiritual empowerment will be so great, that you can't take that spiritual thing in, that spiritual empowerment. So what happens is that it begins to break forth into physical stuff. Try it, put me to the test. So verse 11, it will begin to break forth into physical stuff, abundance in your crops, abundance in what you do, in your job, abundance in your investment, abundance in the things that you do, guidance and protection from insects, the devourer, things that will cause your result to steal them and do all that protection underneath it. Grapes will not fall. Premature loss of things before they are ripe. Destruction of things before they are ripe. So protection in there. And he said, says the Lord of heaven's armies. There's an army of heaven. Verse 12, please. Verse 12 says, verse 12 says, then, I love this. Listen, by the time, you know, this is one of my confessions. By the time we are leaving this world, after a long, full life, and I'm going to pray the same thing for you. My wife and I, this will be a test. We're already saying it, but not yet fully. All the nations of the earth will call us blessed. They will, call, they will look at everything and say, these guys are blessed. And the same thing I prophesy about you, all nations will call you blessed. That is all nations, literal nations. Talking about African nations, Asian nations, European nations, South American nations, North American nations, and all people groups too. All people groups, gathering of people, they will call you blessed because your life or your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heavens. I mean, there will be, there's something about your life that is just desirable, that is just attractive, that is just shining, that is just shining. There's a light about it. Now, Isaiah 60 was talking about, Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, Arise, shine. For your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Amen. The glory of God is risen upon you. He said, for though darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, yet the Lord himself, the glory of the Lord will rise upon you. His glory will be seen upon you. And he said, then, then he says, he says, glory will be seen upon you. Go, go on to verse 2, uh, verse 3. Then he says, Verse 3, it says, Gentiles will come to your light. Verse 3, all nations will come to your light. I prophesy it over you. I say, all nations, 
Somebody say, all nations will come to your light. All nations will come to our light. All nations will come to our light. All nations will come to our light. <laughs> All nations will come to our light. This is reality. We're already seeing it. We're already seeing nations coming to our light, both within this city and in other nations. We're already seeing those things happen. But, you know, it's not, it's not even close to where we are going. All nations will come to what is shining through our lives. Mighty kings will come to see our radiance. Come on, say it over, over yourself. Say, mighty kings. Leaders of nations, uh, all that mighty kings in different spheres of, will come to see our light. They'll come to see our, our radiance. Our daughters, you know, verse 4, will come from afar. Our children, they will come from everywhere. See, everyone is coming home. Some come, sons are coming from distant lands. Our little daughters are being carried home. Hallelujah. Because of the grace of God that is upon us. Because of open heaven that is upon you. Nations will come to your light. Kings will come to the brightness of our rising. They will come riding him. They will hear your name. They will see your works. They will see your books. They will hear your songs. They will see your family. They will see you. And they will be attracted. And they will wonder, why is this happening? And you will tell them, it's only because of the blessing of God. And it's only because of Jesus Christ. This is real. Open heavens. Open heaven. People are going to line up from all nations. It's already beginning to happen, but what I'm saying, they're going to line up from all the nations of the earth, and they will come under this light. Glory of God. It's God's word. God's word. So now, so that's God introduced a principle in the Old Testament, and the principle transcends time. And all that. It was teaching them a principle. And the principle is this. Whenever you have some, whenever you have something, right, you must always separate a part of it so that it causes the kingdom to advance. You must always separate a part of it and then this is what happens. And that was codified in the law as the practice of the tithe. But the tithe started before the law. Abraham tithed, amen, before the law was ever established. So, but it's a principle. It's a principle of God that when you are blessed, a part of it must go outside of you and be unusable for you. A part of it must be unusable for you. you know, there are some people they want to keep their tithe so that they can still use it. They say, okay, I will, you know, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to give my tithe towards my transportation. No, it's still usable for you. Gotta, it must be unusable for you. It must die to you. It must go outside. You know, when you give your fight, you know, and you bless it, and I tell you another, or give, or whatever, you let it go. That's it. Amen. That is the principle. It must become unusable for you. It must become, it must become dead to you. It must become something that you have separated and given it to God. You, are, you know, let you know, choose, make a decision where you give it, amen, but when you have given it, take your eyes off it, and just look at the impact that it is having. God says, what will happen is that there will be open heavens for you. So that's a practice, but in the New Testament, the practice was not mentioned. The practice was not taught there, but the principle continued, amen. The principle what? Continued. So some people, because they don't see there that thou shalt tithe in the New Testament, they say it does not exist any longer. I say, when well, you study the New Testament, you know that it's all about it. Amen. 
in fact, it's even, it's even a greater, it's a, there's a greater, a greater opportunity in the New Testament that you are supposed, that we are, we're supposed to practice that. And then listen, if you, if you, I mean, can you imagine if, if you understood the power of this thing? I'm talking about the power of a principle that can lift somebody from abject poverty and abject and, and com, complete restriction, complete cover. Like, you, it's like no hope, there's no direction that can clear the thing and lift you up and make you a blessing. I don't even need the New Testament to say for me to continue it. Even if it is said in the New Testament that thou shalt not type, I'll still continue to type. Just, I'm just, what I'm saying is that when I've seen something that truly benefits, do you get it? Nothing can stop me. It's a joy. It's like, and the touch is even the small, you know, the smaller part. It's just a joy to give. Amen. Oh my God. All right. So let's go to the New Testament that people always talk about. So last week I talked about, um, we started looking at uh, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew 6, 22, 23, which Jesus Christ, began, Jesus used it to teach about this principle of generosity. So I want to continue that and finish up on that. Uh, so the principle of generosity. So he said, um, <laughs> your high is the lamb that provides life for your body. When you are high, it's single. When you're high, it's single. Actually, the correct word is single, you know. It's, um, it's, uh, it's not good for that one. The correct one is single in the Greek. It's ophthalmos haplos, ophthalmos haplos. And the other one is ophthalmos poneros. So, it's single. So, it's single. People, people that translate it as your high be good, you understand? They are trying to rationalize, but they don't because they don't get the real uh, what they call the real meaning, which I'm going to explain to you. So it's optimus haplos. It means, you know, when they use the word haplos, it's like, um, you know, you have, uh, you know, you have different kind of hairs. So let me see. I think Joyce has braided hair, right? Maybe, and then uh, Megan, you have single hair, right? It's not braided. So haplos is single. That's what it is. Unbraided. That's what that word is. Ophthalmos, you know, that's where it gets high, right? Ophthalmology, right? So, so ophthalmos, so the, the contrast is duplos, where you get duplic, duplicity. That's why it is single. So, duplicitous, you know, versus single. So, the correct word there is single. Not if your high is good. You know, it's single. I'm going to talk a bit about it. And it's the reason why I'm going deeper about being single high. Every single high. Single high. Because it's, it's Jesus was trying to communicate something, you know. So it's not double-minded, it's not braided, it's not unfolded. It is single-stranded. That's the correct word in there. So, all right. So, so we last week we spent considerate time to understand what the evil eye is. How many of you know what the evil eye is right now? Can you wave your hand if you participated in the service? Type it in there if you are watching online. How many of you? Do you guys remember? Good. So, the single eye... As we went through a lot of passages to explain it, you know, because it was using something in Arame, Aramaic. It was an idiomatic expression that people that were listening to him understood, but foreign readers don't understand it. You get what I'm saying? They didn't understand it when you read it. It was using, you know, an idiom that they understood. When they say somebody had an evil eye, they understood what it meant. Basically, the evil eye 
is a way of thinking, number one, that does not want, or, that does not want to give others that which is due to them. We saw it last week, right? Do you guys remember? Right? We saw it from Deuteronomy 15, verse 9. 15, verse 9, that the, single, uh, the evil eye is a way of thinking that does not want to give others that which is due to them. So they said, beware, this, let there be a wickest thought in your heart. Deuteronomy 15, 19. The seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and your, and your high be evil against your poor brother. And you give him nothing. And, and he cries out to us. So you hide the evil against your poor brother and give him nothing. So it's that thing. doesn't want to give people what is due to them. And I told you that you owe things to people. Love, basically. You know, honor to whom honor is due. Taxes to whom taxes is due. You can have an evil eye towards your government when you cheat on your taxes. You can have an evil eye towards people when you don't give them the honor that they deserve. When you don't give them what they deserve, that's, that's an evil eye. We also saw that the evil eye is a hostile, selfish, selfish and withholding attitude. It's very selfish. He said, Deuteronomy 28, verse 55. So that man that is tender among you, a tender among you and very delicate, his eye shall be evil towards his brother and towards the wife of his bosom, bosom and towards the remnant of his children, which he shall leave. So he will not give them any any of them, the flesh of his children, women shall eat. His eyes shall be evil, so he will not give them. You know, I started reading from verse uh, 54. So he will not give them. So the evil eye is that eye that does not give to people that it withholds. It's selfish. It's hostile. And you can see it manifesting from the home. Amen. This is a man under the curse, actually, there. You know, but it's teach, we can learn you know, about that, uh, you know, that, that word there. Uh, that, sorry, the, the Hebrew high there. He's a man that, you know, everybody is suffering and he's still withholding. He doesn't give to those around them. He doesn't give, starting from family. If you are very stingy toward your family, stingy toward your wife, stingy towards your children, stingy towards your parents, stingy towards the people around you, you have an evil high. You have an evil high. If you don't like giving to them, Amen. You have an evil eye. Okay? Then the next thing we saw that the evil eye is a way of thinking that is not genuinely generous. It is pretentious and that kind of a thing is dangerous to those around it. So, so some people, they actually give. They give. They give physically, but they still have an evil eye. Why? Because while they are giving, their heart is not truly giving. The heart is not given. So look at it. Proverbs 23, verse 6 to 8. <laughs> this passage is the, the place where you see one of the most popular scriptural verses that is used all over. In fact, somebody wrote a book on it. That's been, that's been, people have been reading it for, you know, almost 100 years now. As a man thinketh in his heart. So easy. But look at what he's saying. Don't eat the bread of him that has an evil eye. Don't desire his dainty meat. Verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so he's a thinking, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Verse 8, the danger, you will vomit. Verse 8, the muscle which you have eaten, you will vomit up and you will lose your sweet words. So what he's saying is that the evil eye is when you are even giving the people, but while you are doing it, you are doing it, you are another, but in your heart, you are so grieved in your heart. You are there at the baby shower, but you are so grieved in your heart. 
you know, like, you know, I wish she didn't have the baby. You are there at the bridal shower. You are so grieved in your heart. And you're just doing, you know, something physical. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, it's good. Though. Ah, man, I'm so glad that you just got her. You just got engaged. Wow, what a wonderful thing. Get engaged. But inside of you, are just saying, you, you're not as tall as I am. You're not as short as I am. You're not as beautiful as I am. You're not as, you know, giving as I am. You don't even attend church as I attend. You're not even as good as that. You know, this is really bad. Hi, you know, put your, oh, come on. Hi outside. That's a dangerous person. That's a green snake under the green grass. That's a cane in the making. A cane in the making. They said Abel gave, right? And God accepted it. But Cain gave and God didn't accept it. And then inside his heart, he was jealous. And with envy, he went ahead and killed Abel because of that evil eye that he had. Whenever you are envious of what anybody asks, whenever Instagram makes you sad, and you know, you know, and I've told you before, Instagram is make-believe world. You understand? People are thinner on Instagram, taller on Instagram, lighter or darker as they want to be on Instagram, longer hair than Instagram, and their hair looks beautiful, and their house looks neat and organized on Instagram. <laughs> Can I get some laughter in this house? Come on, you know. <laughs> Everything is very nice on Instagram until you get to the real place. So if you are getting bothered by somebody, you know, or by something you see, if you are getting bothered by those things on Instagram, then you don't really know the way it works. Couples that are smiling on Instagram, it is nice, smile on Instagram. But don't let that bother you because they just finished fighting. You know, just normal cop fight, you know. They, 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 they reconcile. Families that look, everything is so fine and whatever. They have their issues. Do you get what I'm saying? So don't let, it, don't let that bother you. That's life. But when you think that people's lives are perfect and you're allowing that to affect you, you, you have an evil eye. And before you know, you're a danger to those that are around you because you start wishing them evil. That's what he's talking about in this place. God will surround you with sincere people. But you know how, you, how that happens. Use be sincere around everyone. And before you know it, anybody who is insincere will have to vamos from around you. The spirit that you let out is the spirit that is going to come back at you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to throw this at him because somebody else throws something at me. Pull one at me. Pick it up. Come on, someone else. Okay. Notice that I threw it at her, right? That's what I gave to her. But my return didn't come from her. If my return was even delayed. Because it took some time for God to convince Patrick to send it back to me. But it still came back. Hallelujah. So watch. We're still on it. Amen. So what you throw out. If you throw out evil high to people, you are going to have a lot of evil highs surrounding you. Amen. But you know, we can reduce the game of life. Let me, let me just finish this evil eye thing. So, an inner, sorry, the evil eye is an inner disposition that is sad when people are favored. It's just sad when people are favored. And we saw it from the parable, right? That Jesus told about the man that hired people. I had some people at the early part of the day. I had some people at the 11th hour. And at the end, they started paying those who would only work one hour first. That's insult, number one. 
I have been working all day. The people that only came in for one hour, you started paying them. Insult number one. Insult number two. By the time you now started handing money to us, the same amount that you gave those people is what you are giving us. We work for 12 hours. They work for one hour. You pay them first, and then you are giving them, you are even giving them the same amount. Uh, they got angry. They got angry. They got angry. And then Matthew 20, Matthew 20, this is a parable of Jesus. Matthew 20, then he said there, so those who were hired last work one hour. They said, and you made them equal to us. You are, who are born the burden of the work in the heat of the day. You see, there's some people, let me just say something. You better ask, you better get it. Some of us have been working on this church or working in this city for 20, almost 20 years right now. But some people are coming that they will just come in for one year and they will do bigger than we have done in 20 years. I'm okay with it. Amen. Some people are going to come into this church. They have no understanding of the history. They don't know the time we cried. When there was nothing. When there was no beauty and all that. And they will come in and then before you know it, they are doing amazing stuff. I'm okay. Amen. I'm okay with it. No evil eye. Everybody say no evil eye. <laughs> so look at it. He answered, he said, I'm not being unfair to you, friend. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? You know, take your pay and go. I want to give the one and I had, I want to give, sorry, what did he say? I want to give the one who was hired last, the same I gave you. That's what I want. I'm a God of favor, okay? Don't, I, don't I have the right to do what I have with my own money? Eh? Or are you envious? Now, look at that. Are you envious because I'm generous? Go to KJV. That word envious, it tells you, tells you what envious means. Verse, verse 15 in KJV. Is your high evil because I am good? So the evil eye is an envious eye. It's an envious eye that is not happy when other people experience goodness, the goodness of God, especially when they feel that they are the one that deserves it. Your high because I'm good. Go back to NIV. I love it. He said, are you envious because I am generous? So you see what we're talking about is generosity. Are you envious because I'm generous? Are you envious because God is generous to people? Children that you raised up? Huh? You know all these children that we're seeing right now? There's going to come a time when we're all going to be sitting down and be watching them. And you feel like, I knew when you were born. If I did your naming ceremony. You know, I was there when you were dedicated. And then you are now teaching me. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Amen. I want them to do that. If I want them to be more anointed than I am. Amen. I want them to do what I can do. And I was dancing in the house yesterday. I was so excited because, you know, my kids, you know, my wife and I put them together. They were recording for the Christmas of life. I saw Jesse playing the piano. I saw Paul singing. I was like, don't for doing what I can never do. I mean, I can't play the piano. I know I can sing, but you know. <laughs> but all the people like, bro, can you imagine? <laughs> you know, but what I'm saying, I'm, you know, I'm, of course, I joke with all those things, but I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited if people around me can do what I cannot do. 
I mean, more exactly, if I, been, if I have been, a, I played a part in it, you know, through my generosity. You, get, you know, I want to be part of people's successes. You know, so I want you to do bigger than I have ever done. If anybody here is called by God, you know, be part of your calling is to start a church. I want your church to be bigger, faster, greater, and more impactful. That's my joy. That's a proof that God is working. Do you get what I'm saying? I want to be a supporting actor in people's movies. I, I'm going to be a star in my movie. I know that's guaranteed. I don't need to work at that. I need to work at being a supporting actor or actress in, you know, in people's movies because I know my movie, my star, that's how I become a star in my own movie. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not by trying to maze to be a star. I didn't get here by trying to be a star. I got to where I am right now by being a helper to everybody that ever crossed my path. Nobody has ever crossed my path in this world. And there are testimonies, thousands of testimonies all around the world, including people that have planted churches that, are, that have tens of thousands of people in there. Churches that I have started with them. Churches that I have given, even given names with them. What they will say is that when I came across this guy, what he did was that he added something. That is my joy. That is my fruit. That is what I want to do. That is what life is all about. Amen. You know, I have house people that have houses more beautiful than the one that I have. I'm joyful about it. I've, I've you know, bought cars for people or assisted people with jobs that have better cars than I have. There's some people that I've raised up right now. They earn much more money than I have. That's my joy. Amen. I'm going to show you something. You need to know what life is all about. Because sometimes we miss what life is all about. And that's why I want to quickly talk, please. I want to talk about a single eye. Everybody say big, single eye. How to now develop a single eye. All right. So we've talked about the evil eye of Thomas Poneros. So let's talk about Thomas. Okay, so um, so basically, what is single? When Jesus said, if your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. Your heart be single. Your whole body shall be full of light. <laughs> How many of you would like your life to be so lighted? Do you get it? Like your life is just light everywhere. Light everywhere. If you have an evil high, darkness, the darkness, there's darkness in your life. You don't know. You, 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 is it the way it works? Do you get what I'm when, so when you have an evil eye, you are contracting. The kingdom doesn't work by contraction. So you are contracting. You are trying to restrict other people. And in trying to restrict other people, you are restricting yourself. You have a single eye. You are about to live life that is like Malachi 3.10. All nations shall call you blessed. Your light has come. And all the nations will come. Isaiah 60. When you have a single eye. So Jesus said it this way. Um, Matthew 6.19 to 24. Let's do the, the, let's do the message translation. Matthew 6, 19 to 24. Uh, say, don't hurt. Everybody say, don't hurt. Treasures down here. Don't hurt treasures down here. Where it gets beaten, eaten by moths and corroded by rust. Or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile. Everybody say, stockpile. Treasure in 
heaven, the heavenly plane, the higher plane, where it is safe from moth and rust and burglars. It is safe. Everybody say it is safe. You guys say it is safe. You know why it's safe? Because it is not in a form that the burglar can use. You get what I'm saying? The burglar can steal your car, but the burglar cannot keep the ability to produce another one. Do you get what I'm saying? The burglar can steal spiritual stuff. Burglar can steal the anointing. You see, who I am. You see what I'm saying? See, the way it is is this. Who you are in the spirit. That's, the, that's your heavenly value. For example, if you take me right now and you land me in any nation, you get what I'm saying? And you take everything that I have. You take the car, you take whatever. I will reproduce the same thing. Because that's who what? I am. But if what I am is what I have, if they drop me in coronavirus, or they drop me in, you know, like some situation in the world, do you get what I'm saying? They will overcome me. Do you get what I'm saying? The reason why, even this year, is because we are just who we are. Amen? We're just who we are. And that's why, you, what do you do? You, you rise above the challenges that the world presents to you, that anything presents to you, because that's who you are. Do you get what I'm saying? So what he's saying is that don't, don't be so focused on the physical, the physical, and all that. Invest in yourself. Everybody say, invest in myself. Invest in the heavenly realm. Invest in your heart condition. Invest in your heart condition. That's what he's saying. Invest in your heart condition. See, let's, let, let's read. He says, so you see, it's obvious then, isn't it? Look at it. It says, stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. In other words, if your treasure is in that realm, your desire will be in that realm, and that's where you're going to end up being. You're going to be in that place where heaven is manifesting in your life. Now, it goes on to say to, to our high our high scripture, verse 22, please uh, go forward. He said, your eyes are windows to your body. If you open your eyes wide, this is where I'm going. If you open your eyes wide, everybody say wide. Everybody say wide. In wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. But if you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dark cellar. If you put the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. What a dark life. You know, blinds. You don't see anybody but yourself. You don't see what God is doing in anybody's life. You have blinds. Blinds on your windows. And the house is so dark. And everything. But it says open the blinds. Everybody say open the blinds. Now, what are the mean? So the single eye. The single eye. You will see that the single eye is a high that is that sees God in everything, and so it leads to generosity. It sees God in everything and everyone. You know that word? it's focused on God, it doesn't have two masters. It's God in everything, in everyone. God is the source, God is moving, God in everything. Even sometimes challenges, so you see God in everything, and that leads you. To, a, to, 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 a, to an open window kind of a life. Open window kind of a life. A life that is generous. A life that is open. Amen. So, 
this um, this thing was used in. Um, let me quickly show you something. So you know, so sometimes when you want to understand a, you want to understand scriptures, especially things like parables and all that, uh, or things, idiomatic expression that were used. So one of the one of the ways you study is um, you go and study contemporary text at that time. They're not necessarily biblical text, right? But contemporary text to see how they are used. For example, if somebody wants to understand what the word cool means in these days, right? You can go and read and study. Why do they use cool? Oh, cool means that the person is, you know, nice, abstracted, handsome, beautiful, or whatever, or just relevant or in touch or, you know, whatever. Do you get understand? You start reading all around. So, one of the apocrypha books, or, you know, it's called a pseudo uh, <laughs> I always find it difficult to pronounce this word. It's a pseudo graphic Like, you know, you know, like they wrote those books, you know, they'll put the name of somebody in there, but it's not really them. So this book, this book is called The Testament of Isaac, of Issachar. So in one of the passages, you know, Testament of Issachar 3, 4, that particular word around the time of Jesus was used because this book was written 200 BC, between 200 BC to Jewish, it's Jewish writing from 200 BC to 280. So uses the same word, single eye. Look at what it says. I don't know if Jesse can show it uh, for everybody. He said, this person was reading there in the book of, Test- in the Testament of Isaac. He said, I never, or Isaac, I never slandered anyone, nor did I censor the life of any man. It's in my manner for last week. Um, neither did I censor the life of any man. Walking as I did in singleness of high, and now hearken to me, my children, and walk in singleness of heart. The single minded man covets not gold, there's no envy in his thoughts, nor does he worry with insatiable desires in his mind, for he walks in singleness and beholds all things in uprightness of heart. Keep, therefore, my children, the law of God, and attain singleness. So that was the way it was used in a book around that time. So it was talking about a person. Singleness of art is talking about what? Somebody who is not covetous, not jealous, no envy in his thoughts, and does not worry about his life. But what he's doing is constantly, is constantly focused on God. And that leads him to living a generous life. Do you guys get that? So, everybody say, being single-eyed. Say after me, say, being single-eyed is living with God as your focus and being generous. Like a heart that is trusting, a heart that is realized. You know, see why Jesus began to say, don't worry about your life after that. So, don't worry about your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink. Then he talked about you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve two masters. He's talking about a state of the heart that is content in God, that sees God at work, look at the best of the air, sees all those things. So a single-eyed person is somebody who has made up their mind that I'm going to see God in every situation and I'm going to spread that through generosity. Do you guys get it? And he says, when you are like that, your life is going to be full of light. Amen. Amen. That's the Isaacar, Isaacar, whatever thing. Woo! So we can summarize what Jesus was saying there based on what we have learned of Thomas, Phoneros, and so on. Basically saying, give generously to the poor and invest your energy and resources in eternal things. 
Because when you do, your priorities and outlook will change. Your outlook towards others shows your true inner self. If you have a sincere, unenvious heart that wants to help others, your whole personality will shine because of it. But if you are blind to the needs of others and you're self-centered and greedy, your soul will be dark indeed. You cannot be a slave to your own greed and try to serve God. You have to choose. You guys get single or single eyes, right? You get it? Somebody say after me, say, I choose to be single-eyed. Say, I choose to live a general. Let me, be, let me you know, round up with this. I, I need, I, I want to be generous. So we're going to read passage and I'm going to demonstrate something to you. So for me, in studying all this stuff and then studying Luke chapter 6, which we started you know, looking into yesterday, I came to the conclusion that life is, can be boiled down to this. Very simple. Life can be boiled down to this. Simply. Condition your heart through the word of God and relationship with God to the point where it becomes your only source. It becomes all that you see. And that's what you see everywhere. And then be very generous everywhere. And after a while, your life is going to become will be like that thing that you are giving out is constantly being thrown back at you. I started learning that at the age of, you know, just in my early 20s. I teach this in the living life when I talk about the principle of reciprocity and all that. But that is the key. That is the baseline of how the kingdom works. The kingdom works by what you project out. Like everyone on our, what you project out and what is responded back to, what, what comes back to you. Let's read quickly. I'm going to do it. Uh, let's read uh, this passage. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 36 to 38. We're going to end with that passage. Luke chapter 6, verse 36 to 38. Are you guys ready? He says, so I tell you, love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. Everybody say, say this after me. Say generosity is more powerful when you're expecting anything from the person you are being generous to. Please come. Bring your ball. Thank you. So, if I do this, we're talking about open heaven. If this is my life, so when I throw that ball, you throw yours back at me. When I do this, that's not generosity. It's called bribery. Scratch my back. I scratch you. What do they call it? <laughs> so people do that. Sometimes they do it within their family. You understand? Now listen, I believe in family. You understand? I believe very strongly. Family blessing themselves. But the family remains poor. If it is us for our dog and no more. That's what take care of your family. Oh. Your family is so important. Very true. But you know what? You know the blessed family. This is how the blessed family. He said, You will be blessed, Abraham. All the, and then all the families of the earth will be blessed through you. Throw it there. 
And you guys throw, somebody throw back at us. Somebody else throw back at us. Throw yours back at us. Thank you. Then we can throw back at one another, right? But let's, let's make sure we throw back. Somebody else, come on, you guys need to get into this game. Come on, come on, come on, throw it, just throw it, yes. Thank you. <laughs> just make sure you don't have, are you guys getting what I'm saying? So this is bribery. But this is, this is what Jesus was talking about. And listen, what we're throwing about, remember, what we're throwing out is not necessarily the physical things that we're giving. You get it? The physical thing represents something. Let's read it. So, I tell you, please stay. I tell you, love your enemies, help and give without expecting what? A return. You will, it doesn't say not expecting anything. Mm-mm. Don't. It didn't say give without expectation. No. Don't expect a return from that person. You get what I'm saying? So, you will never, I promise, regret it. This is Jesus. You will never regret it. Leave out this God-created identity the way our Father lives towards us. Generously and graciously. Even when we are at our worst. Our Father is kind. You be kind. You know, I'm reading a book called The Power of Kindness. You know, the woman built a multi-million dollar company by just the power of kindness. Business people, go and read it. We are at our worst. Our father is kind. You be kind. Let's go to the next verse, please. Next verse. Thank you. Don't pick on people. So you see, everybody say picking on people. That's what you are truly giving. Sorry. Don't pick on people. Don't jump on their failures. Don't criticize their faults. Unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Don't condemn those who are down. That hardness can boomerang. Be easy on people. You will find a life, you will find life a lot easier. Is it possible the reason why your life has been so hard is because you've been too hard on people in your mind? your heart. You are the one that criticizes everybody who falls. You know what? Do you know there are some people who even make some mistakes, listen, like, like David and so on. But because they have been merciful to other people, the mistake that will destroy other people will not destroy them. Because God said, be ye therefore merciful. Right? He said, those who are, said, sorry, blessed are the merciful for they shall what? Receive mercy. So even you see some people, they make mistakes, they do all that, but generally they are merciful people to other people. But the critics, you see preachers, like the critics, they always criticize other preachers. You know, when they make one single mistake, everything is destroyed. Because the all criticism that they've been giving to other people, just that's why I, I will never criticize a minister. You will never, if you hear me do it, you hear me, I'm a pastor, you know, you've know, you know me for many, many years, right? You know, if, you know there was time that we even had a fight on it, the pastor, don't, you know? You know, there was one minister that used to be, I said, no, Pastor, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot. And he stopped. He has stopped. He has, grown, he has, he has stopped doing it. I do, he doesn't criticize anybody. Anybody around me doesn't do that. If you do it around me, I'm going to co- condemn. I'm going to correct you. No, you will never hear me talk about a church or talk about a minister. If I mistakenly do it, immediately I'll repent of it. And I'll, No, 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 I'm not. It's not my job. To, you know, it's not my job to be criticizing people. It's my job to be raising people up. Amen. 
I'll preach the word of God, but that's not my job. But what happens is that when you live that life of criticism, what, what happens is that, everybody, when I throw this thing, amen, I want you to all throw it at me. Come on, throw your balls. <laughs> yep, thank you. That's the way it works. Before you know it, you are surrounded by a lot of criticism. And you're wondering why your life is not as easy. You know, but you know what? If you throw, you throw encouragement. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You throw it there. You come back to it. Before you know it, your life is full of encouragement and favor. And remember, you are throwing it. You're not just throwing it physically. I'm saying what you are thinking, right? Because all these things that he's talking about, they are heart conditions. Everybody say heart conditions. They're not physical stuff. Criticism is something inside. You know, all these things is something inside. So that's when it now goes verse. He said, so said, give away your life. You will find life. Giving back. But not merely giving back. Giving back with bonus. Bonus. Come on. Somebody else do it. Bonus. Bonus. Throw. Come on, come on. Somebody needs to stand up and throw it back at us. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's play some game in this place. Pick up a ball and throw it at us. So life becomes this. You know, this is what our life, this is what city life becomes. Come on, everybody pick up a ball and throw it. Play some keyboard for us. That's how we're ending today's service. Come on, it's a ball. It's a ball game. Amen. Come on, throw it. Stand up, stand up, stand up on your feet. Yes, thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Yes. Come on. Happy baby dedication. Yes. I give you, I'm going to give you support. Yes. I'm going to serve you. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, thank you. Share your with me. I will share with you too. Come on. Your ministry must rise. Yes, 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 yes. Your children must succeed. Yes. Can you be hungry? No way. You're going to find a house. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to get you a house. No, 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 no. I'm going to believe in you when nobody believes in you. Come on. No, 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 no. I'm not going to judge you. Come on, rise up, everybody on your feet and join us in the game. Come on, come on, throw it all over the place. Come on, throw it all over the place, not just at us. Come on, come on, come on. Pick up the ball. Yep. Get involved. Get involved. Get involved. Get involved. Generous living. Thank you. Thank you. Stop withholding. Those of you still sitting down, stop withholding. Open up. Yes. Open up. Blessed life. Anointed life. Generous life. Before you know it, the one you throw away in Chicago is going to meet you in London. And then it's going to meet you in South Africa. <laughs> right now, let your children need to eat them. Hallelujah. Are you guys getting it? You got it? Come on, keep throwing, keep throwing, keep throwing. Keep throwing it. Yes. Come on, throw, 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 throw. I want everybody to participate. I want you to participate. Yes. Thank you. Kingdom fitness. I'm throwing back at somebody else. Amen. Yeah. I'll save you. That's it. That is the game of life. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. That is the game of life. It's the game of life. Throw it. Throw it. Throw it on their buttons. 
Throw it. Throw it. Or just any other day. Send some money to them secretly. Come on. Send my tight. Thank you. Yes. There you go. Yes. Come on. Yeah. Yes, kingdom fitness. Use your gifts to serve people. Don't ask for anything in return. Be generous. Yes. <laughs> we gotta hit you too with some generosity. We gotta hit you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Hallelujah! Woo! success it's the secret of everything so when i just wake up every day i'm thinking which ball which, ball, which color ball let me look for somebody let me look for somebody that can, that can pay me back come on take it let me look for somebody somebody that is my ball come on take it yes yes moment that it will catch the spiritual principle that you are passing across to us of how your kingdom works but I pray that from this day everybody will enter into this game of life this game of the kingdom sincerely with hearts conditioned dedicated to you they will begin to love balls of support, balls of prosperity, balls of forgiveness, balls of affirmation, balls of hope, of joy, of peace, of generosity at people, especially at those who can never pay them back. Lord, I thank you because according to your word, soon our lives will be surrounded with balls so that we have more to throw more to use more to spread we do it within our families we do it outside of our families we do it within our city we do it outside of our city we do it outside of our nation and it just keeps flowing and the abundant life of heaven on earth and of the kingdom becomes what we all experience we declare it right now in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise. Thanks for listening to the Glow Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. 
For more contents from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.